0: Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on News Radio 630 WLAP, the home of the Cats, right here in Lexington.
1: And I'm Kyle Tucker of the Athletic, and together, Curtis and I are here every day, Monday through Friday, talking the Cats. If it is a big deal to the big Big Blue Nation, you can hear about it right here on the Locked On Podcast
0: Network. On this edition of this show, which is brought to you by La Rose's, we'll tell you more about them in a bit. We are going to talk a bunch of football. There have been some coaching changes, and they will definitely have impact on Kentucky football. Also, Josh Allen just keeps racking up awards and honors, and they're going to keep on coming. And then, finally, we will talk about John Calipari's comments on the coach's show, and he updates a little bit on some injuries and had some other comments on defense that were that were interesting. But we're going to start. Actually, Kyle, I'll let you choose. Which coach coaching change do you want to discuss first, Urban Meyer or the Louisville job?
1: Well, after I went off on uh, James Franklin yesterday, I guess I should go off on Urban Meyer, but I barely have the energy. Like, I think everybody knows he's kind of a, uh, I think dirtbag was the word I used for uh, Penn State. I think I'd probably use about the same word for Urban Meyer. So, uh, good riddance, and uh, we'll see where you pop up next because you don't know what the word retirement means.
0: Yeah, his um, his comments today, he says he believes he has done coaching. That and was, then he
1: said it's a, compli- a complicated question whether he'll coach again.
0: Yeah, here's the actual quote. I believe I will not coach. But then, as you said, when he was asked in the press conference in another phrasing, he said that's a complicated question. I, I don't know. That guy, I mean, listen, like his his health concerns, I think, are real but they are they always pop up when there's issues around Kyle and then you know they pop up at Florida and he leaves and then boom he's back at another major brand in Ohio where he's originally from i think it was pretty clear he wanted that job this was one of his dream jobs and and he got it and now oh you talked about the issues he's had uh you know now it's time for him to move on from this for for a lot of reasons it seems like
1: yeah i mean you know he had literally murderer's row at Florida. Uh, He was overlooking some bad behavior. I mean, Aaron Hernandez was considered a suspect in a uh, shooting while at Florida and was never charged. And he had guys uh, ranging from assault to drugs to a bunch of other unseemly things that he didn't do a whole lot in the way of discipline for because, hey, they were really good players and they were winning. Uh, Now at Ohio State, it looks like, he was involved to some degree in the uh, poor response that I think is the kindest way to put it yeah. to uh, repeated accusations of uh, domestic violence of a staff member, uh, lied right to the media's face about what he knew and when. You know, And as you say, when, when, things, when things are swirling or they're not winning enough, uh, there's always a new headache or whatever and and i do think you know I, I feel bad i would i would almost feel bad in a way making light of that because i do think you're right i think it, it sounds like there's some very real health issues i think he's a guy who's so into the job that he makes himself sick in part but you know i'm not and i'm not wildly sympathetic to a guy who i think to me has kind of come to represent when at all costs. Yeah. He's got three national titles and he's uh, without a doubt, one of the great minds and coaches in the game, maybe ever, but I'm, you know, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan at all of, of sort of the way he's gotten there. And Pat Ford, he had a, I know he's not maybe the most popular guy with some of our <laughs> listeners, but he had a really interesting piece about it today that like, you know, honestly, if you're talking about legacy, it would have been better for, the Urban Meyer story to just end when they went 12-0 and 0 and had uh, a perfect season and a top-five ranking at Utah, and he was still this sort of clean, wonderful story, brilliant coaching mind was what you knew about Urban Meyer, and, and now that's been really muddied up by all this other stuff.
0: Bringing it back locally, the biggest impact for Kentucky is the fact that today uh, Ryan Day, who is the offensive coordinator And is going to be taken over for Urban Meyer. He coached those games at the beginning of the season. He was that Meyer was suspended for, as we just laid out for Kyle, that how you know when he lied to the media about the domestic violence uh, in his staff and those kind of things. He was suspended for those things. Like he's had a bad year, except uh, the only time it was on the field was against Purdue, and that kept him out of the playoff. But so Ryan Day's taken over, and Ryan Day said that. They will recruit the state of Ohio first and foremost, and they have a goal of winning the rivalry game in every game after that. Um, that's kind of bad news for Kentucky. In the current commit for the next class, Ohio State only has three Ohio kids, and Vince Marrow and Mark Stoops have taken advantage of that and gotten basically the guys... You know that are that are being left out from Ohio State. I mean, you can. You wrote an extensive piece on Benny Snell, CJ Conrad. They're, the list goes on and on of all those Ohio guys they're getting. And if Ohio State starts to focus back in in their own state borders, and as opposed to going out nationally, that could impact Kentucky's recruiting in a negative way.
1: Yeah, but I think at the end of the day, you know, that's a national brand, and they're going to continue to recruit nationally. If there's a three star guy in state at a position where there's a five star guy a few states over that's really interested in them, I don't think they're going to suddenly well, stop recruiting those. You know, I, I think they probably want to do better than they've done this year in the state. There's plenty of homegrown talent, but um, I don't know. I don't know if it'll have a huge impact. I mean, Ohio State can only sign so many guys. Well, okay, and, wait a minute.
0: If 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 it's you're talking, I think we're we're saying similar things. You're talking about it not having a huge impact, but a huge impact is one guy a year. If Kentucky doesn't get Lynn Bowden, if Kentucky doesn't get C.J. Conrad, they're a completely different team. Kyle.
1: No, I agree with that. I agree with that. I just uh, like I, I'm trying to imagine a lot of those scenarios. I think it doesn't really matter what Ohio State's recruiting philosophy was. They may not have offered those guys. Like I, I don't think they probably would have offered Benny Snell regardless. But um, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it'll Well, a I impact.
0: mean, I, and I don't know. I'm not locked in a football recruiting, but the way I understood Jim Trestle, he probably would have offered, like um, the two examples I use, Conrad and Bowden. I, I, I venture to guess that if Trestle would have stayed at Ohio State throughout and he wouldn't have been fired for his own uh, misdeeds, then those guys would have got offered by Ohio State. Now, I'm not going to count out Vince Marrow, who is an unbelievable recruiter and has unbelievable relationships up there, but that's a different thing. I I feel like if if Ohio State is battling against you to get some of those guys, then it's going to be tough to get them down into the SEC.
1: Yeah, you could be right. You could be right, but they, I think on the the other side of that, to segue into the other guy we want to talk about. Well,
0: let's uh, let's let's do that because coming up next, we're going to talk about Louisville's new coach. You might not know the name. You might know the name, um, but we'll give you some more information about him in just a bit. But first, I do want to tell you about La Rosa's pizza. Um, La Rosa's is a family pizzeria which is coming to Lexington right across the street from Skyline, Chili on Richmond Road in February of 2019. It was started by a guy named Buddy La Rosa who talked three of his friends into throwing a few hundred bucks a piece in to open their first pizzeria on the west side of Cincinnati in 1954. La Rosa's now has 64 pizzerias, and the nearest one is up the road in Dry Ridge. The thing about Buddy La Rosa is that he brought his family recipes. He used his Aunt Dini's pizza sauce, his Grandma Mary's pasta sauce, and other recipes that came over from Sicily with the family. And here they are. It's 65 years later, and they're so good that they're still using them right now. La Rosa's is a place you can order in, you can pick up, you can delivery. And they got a huge menu, over 40 sections, and you can do all those ordering options with anything on the the menu. Let me talk for a minute about that dining room. It's a great place to meet family, to hang out with friends, when I'm up in northern Kentucky, uh, you know, me and my parents normally meet at the Dry Ridge location. And if I'm up a little bit more north, I hang out with some old high school friends, um, ones that are up in northern Kentucky. So listen, Lexington, you need to get ready for La roses. It's coming in February. And until then, check out their other locations. You are locked on Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. Scott Satterfield. If I was creating a name for someone that was from North Carolina, it would be Scott Satterfield.
1: <laughs> I don't know about that, but uh, I think the initial reaction is it's not Jeff Brom, uh, which is, was hugely disappointing for Louisville. Uh, but I think it is a really good hire. I would say sort of the flip side of, you know, does Kentucky lose a little bit in recruiting if, if Ohio State prioritizes those in-state guys? They may gain in the fact that I think Jeff Brom was the one guy who could really be an immediate thorn in their side in the state and in the city of Louisville recruiting. Uh, I don't think Satterfield can have that impact. I think if he wins big, he'll be able to do whatever he wants. But that name is not going to just immediately open doors for them in the city and in the state. It's not going to threaten the guys they have in this class committed at Kentucky. They, you know, made a, a doubled down and recommitted to to getting the best players in Kentucky. There's not that many of them, um, and they've done a good job this year. They've really, I mean, really in the last couple months, have really turned the tide and changed that narrative about how they'd fallen off in the state. Um, and so I don't think he's going to threaten that initially, and that's pretty big for Kentucky. I think they'll hold on to Wandale Robinson and and those other guys. I would say, it, just as a coach. I think it'll turn out to be a really good hire. You know, a lot of the people that I respect, whose opinions I respect that pay really close attention to college football across the board, think this is a very, very good hire. And that, you know, places like North Carolina and Georgia Tech and others are going to regret not prioritizing this guy. Uh, I think it was a really strong plan B um, for Louisville and, and that program. He... Went ten and three three years ago, nine and four last year, and ten and two this year. Uh, you know, as it relates to Kentucky's next game gave Penn State all it wanted at Penn State at the start of the season. I think it was like forty five to thirty eight in that game uh, two years ago. Scared the bejeebus out of Tennessee at Tennessee in the season opener. Beat uh, beat Troy and and Neil Brown, the former offensive coordinator, this year. That's a really, really good uh, system. It's a really good coach. Um, they were very impressive this past season. And so I think, I think Louisville will get better with this hire. In the near term, will, will they threaten in the recruiting realm locally? I'm not sure as much as – certainly not as much as would have been the case under uh, Jeff Brom.
0: He is 45 years old. Scott Satterfield. He has only spent three seasons outside of Appalachian State in his football coaching career. In 2009, he was on staff at Toledo. And in 2010 and 11, he was at Florida International. Uh, he's kind of, you know, just a guy, a- Appalachian State lifer up to this point. His career record as head coach at Appalachian State is 51 and 24. But as you pointed out, Kyle, the past three years, they've really ascended. Into being kind of the one of the mid major darlings, he this year the Appalachian State ranked twentieth nationally in points per game, scoring over thirty six points. Uh, he kind of runs the way I understand it, like a spread, one of the traditional kinds of offense, spread read uh, offense. And um, you know, mentioning some of those guys you're talking about, the one that is currently uncommitted, the top uncommitted player from Kentucky right now is Jared Casey who recently decommitted from Oregon and he will make his decision Monday and everybody believes that he will pick Kentucky so that kind of lines up that in the the very near term specifically in recruiting Kentucky is going to have a huge edge and maybe that will allow them to overcome any kind of fall off they have in Ohio uh, also well, they-
1: this has been a like a historically good year for talent in Kentucky and one of the frustrations was Kentucky looked like early on it was going to strike out. What is this going to end up being three four star commitments from in the state in the last month?
0: That sounds right. I can double check uh, at some um, point, but yeah, Casey's a four-star off Wandell and I think JJ Weaver who recently committed was a a four-star as well. So yeah, I mean it, it's it's pretty it's they they've they've really locked in Uh, on on the state and it's it's kind of crazy how everything lined up perfectly with the Petrino era just completely going in the toilet and then Brahms uh, spurning his alma mater it it lined up perfectly for Stoops and the staff and and they took advantage of it
1: well yeah for them to have a nine and three year on top of it it was Kentucky's success and uh a bunch of these guys racking up awards you know i think they go out and show that you can be a star running back benny snell you can you can win the bronco nagurski award as josh allen on defense uh you know four guys on the all sec team there's a lot they can show these guys now and that all as you said that comes at the same time as louisville's imploding and then their top choice turns them down the guy who's from louisville and could have really made a wave so uh one other thing about appalachian state on the field though uh, Satterfield's offense very, very run heavy, spread attack, uh, at least at Appalachian State. Fifteenth in the country in rushing this year, uh, two hundred and forty-one yards per game rushing and thirty rushing touchdowns. So, um, like I said, I think I think they're going to be, um, I think they're going to be very competitive in the X and O uh, realm. I'm just curious to see how, how will he recruit because, as you mentioned, he's not had to recruit at the level uh that they're at right now i mean he's been in his own sort of small big fish in a small pond to this point uh now he's uh you know as a as a program they're a a, you know average size fish in a very big pond probably
0: and we were correct that is three four stars if jared casey picks kentucky jj weaver Wondell robinson are also four stars and kentucky has currently has 4 of the top 10 players from the state and if Jared Casey commits that'd be half of the top 10 so kentucky the last tennis.
1: time the last time kentucky really cleaned up on on elite players in the state it worked out pretty well they yeah. had cash, cash daniel uh their starting center um drake jackson and they w- what would have been their starting five star left tackle and probably will be next year Landon young so uh that that turned out pretty good
0: mm mm-hmm. mhm if, was
1: Devonte Robinson in that same class?
0: Uh, is he's a junior, right? Yes. Yeah. So um, I mean, that
1: was the last time they really killed it in state. It, it all those guys are were, were major con- contributors. So
0: there you go. We'll see, and uh, and hopefully, no pressure to these these Kentucky kids. But if they can, any one of them can be as good a quote as Cash Daniel, then good on them. And I will no uh, chance. <laughs> there is no chance. If you missed the last edition of the podcast, we we shared some excellent audio from Mr. Daniel, so go back and check that out. Uh, Coming up next, we're going to wrap up this one. Kyle mentioned a little bit about Josh Allen winning an award. I'm going to give you some numbers on that and what's just kind of crazy and what he still has left on the table, and then we'll share some comments uh, that John Calipari had on his coach's show. But first, I do want to tell you guys about Sling TV. Listen, I've been telling you about Sling TV for a long, long time. You don't want to watch the game. You need to watch the game. Uh, you know, sometimes late night here at the studio, I just turn on my Sling TV app and I watch whatever I'm feeling. You know, the, the cable system here at uh, at the station isn't great. It doesn't get the Pac-12 network. Sometimes there's Pac-12 games I want to check out. With Sling TV, uh, you can get all the ESPN, Pac-12 network, SEC network, and more for just 30 bucks a month. Are you sick of paying for 20 channels you never use? Sling TV is the best way to remedy that. Stream on your big screen and all your favorite devices. Sling TV gives you the live TV you love, only better. No useless channels, no long-term contracts, no hidden fees. You can cancel anytime. And as I always mention, you can upgrade and downgrade the package you have depending on what you're wanting to view at this time. If you want to watch a little Hallmark Christmas time, just upgrade to get the the Hallmark channel and and check out some, some fantastic stories about you know, the the high-pressured lawyer going back to the hometown and falling in love with not just the city, but the love of her life. Right now, Locked On listeners get a seven-day free trial by going to sling.com slash locked on. That's S-L-I-N-G dot com slash locked on. This is Locked On Kentucky, your team every day. So Josh Allen... It wasn't a big surprise, I think, that he won the Bronco Nagurski Award, but it is a historical moment in Kentucky football. That is the first major national award UK football has won since Bob Gain won the Outland Trophy for college football's top interior lineman in 1950. Kyle, 1950. This is the first major individual award for UK football.
1: And that goes back to the to the group that has a claim on a national title. So it was the Bear Bryant days. I mean, it continues to be just an astoundingly good story of a two-star recruit whose only other offer was Monmouth, who who was begging Rutgers to offer. He's right there in New Jersey. Uh, And they wouldn't. And Kentucky saw something and went and, and made an offer, and they transformed him, put 60 pounds on him. He became the SEC Defensive Player of the Year and now National Defensive Player of the Year. That's what the Nagurski Award is. I mean, Warren Sapp won that award uh you know so many guys uh, charles woodson Champ bailey dan morgan roy williams terrell suggs elvis dumerville glenn dorsey and domina sue luke keekly Manti teo aaron donald there's a star in the nfl uh so many i mean that it, not surprisingly the list is really impressive because it's the best defensive player in the country and for him to become that over the course of his career kentucky is pretty amazing uh, he, I think now is Kentucky's all-time sacks yep. leader, single season and uh, career. Uh, just has had a brilliant career. The other thing, we've talked about recruiting. How's, how we've, we've made a reference to a recruiting poster yesterday. How does this sound for a recruiting poster if you're Mark Stoops going after a defensive guy? He has now coached two Big East Defensive Players of the Year, Ed Reed in 2001 and Sean Taylor in 2003 who were unanimous All-Americans as well as the Miami defensive back coach. He's coached a Thorpe award winner at Arizona as the DB and defensive backs coach. That's the nation's best uh, defensive back, Antoine Kaysen in 2007, an ACC defensive player of the year, Bjorn Warner in 2012, another unanimous All-American when Stoops was Florida state defensive coordinator, and now the SEC and national defensive player of the year, Josh Allen at Kentucky. So, he has coached the best defensive player in his league in the Big East, in the in the Pac twelve, in the ACC, and in the SEC. That's and impressive. Two of those have now won the award as the national player of the year at their position. Uh, that's that's quite a recruiting pros, poster, and and quite you know, quite a thing for Mark Stoops, who is newly minted SEC Coach of the Year. I I don't think he has to. Uh, apologize or defend himself to anyone at all again about whether he knows how to coach football and and I know a lot of a lot of home a lot of folks at home like to coach the game but uh, there, the guys the guys <laughs> reputation at this point is pretty well solidified I think
0: there was a, a contingent that constantly questioned development and they would always point to Matt Elam and a few other guys but <laughs> this this kind of proves the opposite <laughs> is is very very true. And if you saw any of the pictures that UK football tweeted out, and I think Mark Stoops tweeted out a couple as well. Uh, Mark Stoops, Brad White, and Matt House were all at the award ceremony because this is given out by the Charlotte. What is it? Touchdown Club or Quarterback Club? I I can't remember that. I think the, that's right. Yeah. yeah, one of the two. And uh, so they're all there, and, and they're all standing around the war uh, ward with Josh Allen, and they all have these giant smiles on their face. And I think they might have listened to what we were talking about Kyle yesterday and, and what you just laid out there. They're like, oh, my gosh, we are going to send this to every defensive, you know, every defensive player, and they're all going to come to Kentucky. They were just so happy. And I, I joke about that portion of it, but I'm sure they're just thrilled for Josh as well and what he's been able to do. Here's a list. Of what Josh Allen is still up for. He still could win the Ted Hendricks Award, which is the top defensive end, the Butkus Award, which is the top linebacker. I would find it hilarious if he won two position groups <laughs> uh, this yes. year, um, but it makes sense why he's up for both of those. Um, he could also win the Lot Impact Trophy, which is another award for the top defensive player. And most impressively, in my opinion, he is up for the Walter Camp Player of the Year. That is the top player overall at any position award. He is the only defensive player among the five finalists for the Walter Camp Award, and that kind of just the shows the only
1: non-quarterback, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yes. That that as well. The only non-quarterback. Uh, so you know he's going to be hanging out a lot. Hopefully he has a couple of those tuxes because he's going to have to go to a lot of award ceremonies.
1: Yes, I think he probably he'll probably maybe he has a rental. I don't
0: know. <laughs> yeah, rotating and they,
1: set of rentals that,
0: that that would work out really well. Finally, we'll wrap with a little bit of basketball news. John Calipari on his coaching show talked a little bit more about uh, Jamal Baker. Basically, the same thing he'd been saying to us about how he's not a full go. I guess the only kind of update was. He said that a few weeks ago he was getting the report and it said uh, non-participant, and now it is uh, not, not full contact. I forget the phrasing they use, but he's limited participation basically at this point. And Calipari echoed the words that you said, Kyle, that he feels like Jamal Baker is a valuable piece, and when he gets back healthy, he will be able to come in and potentially make some shots when the team needs it.
1: Yeah, I mean, who knows what else he can do. Or what kind of shape he'll be in but we know he can shoot uh you know and can shoot even one legged basically at this point so uh that's a skill that is uh pretty universally valuable and and i would think yeah i think if he's available in any way and they get in a spot where where they're just ice cold as a team just bring the guy in run him off a couple screens and get him open and let him put a couple shots up so uh, certainly would be a nice little uh welcome new weapon on the end of the bench I, you know, I don't think it makes a giant impact in the team, but I think he's a, a guy they'd like to have available.
0: And I just want to shout out John Calipari for doing two full segments of his coach's show, Kyle, and not talking basketball. He gave...
1: Yeah, talk th- about some deference there. I oh. mean, uh, and it's hard to get Cal not to talk about himself. So, um, But I think he and Mark <laughs> Stoops... I think he and Mark Stoops have a, like a, a genuine relationship. They have a real, actual friendship, and, and talk to each other. I think Mark has leaned on him at times. Um, you know, obviously not about football, but about you know, how do you handle this? How do you deal with this? You know, in a public perception way. Uh, how do you handle the pressure of the craziness of this fan base? I, I think, um, I, and I, and I think that was smart of Mark to do. Mark has never. I know he's been annoyed at times. Because over, at some point, you know, going to every SEC function or whatever function and hearing, what about if you're just – why are you just a basketball school can get annoying. But I think he's always handled those pretty much with grace. And I think he's also from day one really leaned into, hey, why would it be a negative that we have something that's a national brand, which is Kentucky basketball? Why would I, why would I run away from that? Why don't I lean into that? And I think he has in a way um, – while trying to earn his own recognition, but but leveraging that and leveraging the fact that you've got a Hall of Fame coach on campus who knows something about um, salesmanship, and that's one of the primary things you got to do as you're building a new football program is sell, sell, sell. You got to sell your fans. You got to sell players. And Cal's one of the best salesmen in history, and I think he's leaned into that. I think Cal likes that. Likes that the the basketball coach or the football coach sought him out. And uh, he's he's gone out of his way this entire season to, to say, wow, look at our football team. What about our football? Yeah. He loves football. He's a big Steelers guy. And so um, that is cool. And, and and I think probably very intentional and deliberate to send a message, uh, which is a, was I think was a cool thing to do to, to spend those two segments of the basketball coaches show talking about the football program.
0: Um, I do also want to mention before we get out of here, one, as you're talking about recruiting there, uh, there was a, a post today from Matthew Hurt. He was actually wearing the Kentucky jersey and did the, the not committed in, in, the po- in the post that he did it, but this is the first time under John Calipari, I believe a recruit has worn the jersey and sent out that little social media message, so we are probably working on a recruiting podcast in the very near future. So we'll dive into that a little bit more. So stay stay tuned. And I also want to tell you guys real quick, if you are interested in advertising on this podcast, right now we're running some holiday specials to get you in the season and get you in the mood and get you in on the Locked On Network. If you want us to help spread the message of your business or know somebody else who runs a business who would like us to do that, shoot us an email, lockedonkentucky at gmail.com and we'll get you all the information you need. Until then, be following along at Locked On UK. Find Locked On Kentucky on Facebook. You can follow me at Curtis Birch B U R C H. You can follow Kyle
1: at Kyle Tucker A T H,
0: and read all his work on the Athletic and subscribe for you, your friend your weird uncle, Steve, who no one really likes and you n- never have any idea what he what he gets because he's really into like taxidermy, but you don't want to feed into that weirdness, get him a gift subscription to The Athletic for, from Kyle and he'll be less weird and not talk about odd things at family functions. So, thank you so much for listening to Locked On Kentucky. We'll talk to you soon. You are Locked On Kentucky. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcast Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea.